Welcome to the Resellers Not So Late Show with your host, Baldy Pal, and co-host, Gary, featuring tonight's guest, Profit Monsters. And now, here's your host, Baldy Pal. Hey, how's it going, everybody? How are you tonight, Drew? Our special guest, Profit Monsters. You doing all right, my friend? Yes, sir. I love that intro. That's amazing. Awesome. I'm so glad you do. I have fun editing all my videos on my phone, and this little app makes it so easy. So I just make little intros all the time. I appreciate That's it. Cool. We got a lot of people already showing up, man. This is awesome. We got eBay addicts showing up to support you, Drew. Let's go, Drew. And Josh, Mr. Harry Tornado is here. What's up, man? Thanks for joining us. What's up, buddy? Turn to thrift. Who's Profit Monsters? I don't know, but you're going to find out tonight if you don't know who this guy is. You spelled who's wrong, Tim. <laughs> you sure did. Yeah, just a little bit. We're not worried about that. Some <laughs> weird guy who's obsessed with vintage Twilight Zone t-shirts and guitar hero guitars. Ain't that the truth? Well, that's <laughs> awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Drew, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I want to go ahead and speak to the fact that Gary, my co-host, has not been able to join us. He had a little mishap at home. Let's just say he had a little bit of uh, St. Patrick's Day shenanigans hit him a little hard. So he's not able to join us tonight. But other than that, how are you doing, Drew? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm just I'm excited to be here, hang out with you, hang out with people in the chat. Hope you guys are all having a great week. And uh, yeah, man, let's let's chat it up. Let's do it. All right. We got Joey Bada Bing up in here. Unload it all. What's up, Joey, my boy? What's up, Billy buddy? Showed up. I would like to state that Rick, Mr. Unloaded All, won our game last week. I don't have a giveaway plan for this week. It's not going to be an every week thing, but he won last week. It was a scavenger hunt, and he took the prize. But he was a very gracious winner, and he said, you know what? I'm doing so well with my sales on eBay. I want to let Adam keep it, and we're going to double the prize next week to wow. when we have another game. So y'all got to make sure – to join in again next week. I always like to keep everybody on the edge of their seat with the games we come up with. Well, Drew, I want to start off tonight by asking you a few questions that kind of helps me understand how you think. They're kind of some lightning round questions, you know. Um, I've never had the opportunity to really just catch you in a conversation. So this will give me an idea as to how your brain works. Does that sound okay to you? Yes, sir. I love it. Hit me. Excellent. Well, I think I may already know the answer to this question, but I ask it to all my guests, and that is iPhone or Android? iPhone, baby. Is is that a choice of what? What led you down that path? Um, I Growing up, like in my teenage years and stuff, what's up, Tommy? What's up, Philly Picker? That's uh, right, man. Ken, SSK Promo. Dan, our Vandalay. Dan is up in here, here too. Cool. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for coming out. So I like, I always just had like the cheapest phone growing up, like little flip phones, you know, that my mom got for free on her cell phone plan or something. So um, when it came to time, I don't know, like iPhone was out there and I never had one until like iPhone 5C came out, you know, the ones with the colored backs. Yeah. And I was so pumped to get an iPhone and uh, it was foreign to me to learn Apple stuff because I've always had like, you know, PC and never used Apple products. And I just really liked the... uh, iPhone and then just kind of stuck with it from there. So, and I do all my listings, you know, I, I run my entire business off of my phone. So 
I, I really like the iPhone. They made it so easy these days. Yeah. The pictures are great. The apps work excellently. You got, I guess the only problem you could possibly run into is you got too many pictures on your phone and you got to clean up your memory every now and again, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do that. I do that quite a lot, actually. That's excellent. Tell us in the chat, guys, are y'all a uh, team Android or team Apple for iPhone? So the next question I got for you, Drew, is are you a morning person or are you a night owl? <laughs> Where's uh where's Josh and Joey? We just talked about this on our podcast. Uh, we were we just recorded another podcast episode today, actually, and we were talking about this. I am the world's worst morning person. Oh man, are you major, grumpy? I'm a major night owl. I work really late. Um, most of the time, I'm up late. You know, Josh Harry Tornado. It's already six minutes past his bedtime, so. I'm surprised he's even still in the chat, but gosh, if we miss you, if we miss you, good night. But it's 836. He's probably snoozing already, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 team team Tommy, you know, late night, late night lister. You know, I just my family, my kids, you know, are five and one. So, you know, they go to bed earlier and then, you know, whatever time there's like Whoa, did you get mosquito. it? I did get it. it was nice like job. And your son. So, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a mad late night person. I hate mornings. I've never been good with mornings ever since high school. I hated first period in high school cause I was always grumpy. So yeah, I, I'm just not good in the mornings. Okay. So the next real question is what is your wife opposite? Is she a morning person or a night owl? She's absolutely a morning person. Yeah. Okay. So Tell me if this rings true to you. My wife, I'm a, I'm a night person too, but my wife is the morning person and she'll try to have these conversations and plan the day with me right after the alarm goes off. And apparently I agree to anything and everything at that point in time in my life, because before you know it, I've agreed to buy this and do that and honey, do this and do that. Does that happen to you? Um, Not really. My, my wife and I are um pretty pretty uh like on track with each other i guess um <laughs> we're like we're we're like best friends so that is a hundred percent true statement that josh is saying eating breakfast at 1 30 so i woke up i woke up this morning at about 11 ish and then the guys were asking if we wanted to do the podcast because we had talked about it doing and that was actually more like 12 i lie it's more like 12 and then yeah. we started the podcast at like 12 30 and we finished around 1 30 and then I was like, all right, guys, I haven't eaten anything yet, so I need to go eat breakfast. But what's up, Katie Reeds? <laughs> Thanks for stopping okay. by, Katie. You but, hadn't uh, eaten anything by 1.30 and you needed to eat. Yeah. So, but like my wife and I were on pretty good terms as far as like she knows I, you know, I work a lot. I work hard. You know, I try to do whatever I can to make this, you know, reselling thing work for for my family to pay the bills and uh, I'm a briefs guy. Don't Josh. worry. I wasn't going to answer the, ask that question, but apparently Josh doesn't care. <laughs> he knows you all too well, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, like m my wife, I'm, I'm a very like loosey goosey type of person. I don't do good with schedules. I've never been that way. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me questions like, you know, as far as being a reseller, you know, Hey, how do you do your sourcing? How do you plan out your day? And my answer for most of it is I don't like, I just don't have plans for, you know, specific days. I don't go thrifting on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, right. Thursday, I'm listing. 
you know, I am a very firm believer in not having death piles. <laughs> and so he would know, wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm a very firm believer in not having death piles or at least not a lot of stuff laying around. So I try to stay very disciplined and not sourcing a lot. If mm-hmm. I am, you know, if I have stuff I have to list now, I'm also a real estate agent. So let's say I'm showing a client, a property, you know, 30, 40 minutes away from where I live on my way home. I'm going to stop at a couple thrift stores on the way. Cause it's on my way home, Makes you know? Sense. So I, 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 yeah, I work it into like into my scheduling or, or whatever I'm doing, but I don't have like specific days. So you know, if my wife, if I wake up and my wife will say like, Hey, this needs to get done or this needs to get done. Like she knows I have to go into the shed. I have to pull my sales. I have to do my shipping, potentially record a YouTube video, depending on what I'm doing. I haven't been putting out a lot of content lately just because I've been focusing on, on growing the business. But, um, you know, my son goes to school, uh, my son, Asher, and then my wife has my other son, Zeke. So she's a stay at home mom. So she's normally pretty busy with the kids, mm-hmm. but then, you know, like I help her, I help out while I'm you know, uh, working and stuff. So, you know, switching loads of laundry, you know, little things like that around the house. But, uh, but yeah, we, we're, we're, we're a really good team. Like we work well together. So, you know, she knows if she needs me for something, she can pull me from listing and I'll go do it, you know, uh, yeah. or whatever. It's a good man helping with the laundry and whatnot. I know a lot who wouldn't do that. It's this, this is Tim, right? Osborne to thrift. He says Mondays you'll list all night long with Joey and then you'll go to Disney for the rest of the week. How true is that? How often do you go to Disney? I probably go to Disney with the family like maybe once every two or three weeks. But my wife usually goes sometimes like two times a week. Yeah. She takes she takes the kids. Her sister has a Disney pass. Her mom has a Disney pass. Um, so she goes with, you know, some of her family and they'll take the kids. They also go to SeaWorld a lot because we live really close to all of the attraction. So it's nice because, you know, they can get out of the house. They can go do fun stuff. I can stay at home and get listings done, you know, focus on uh, everything I need to work on. And, you know, uh, what's up, Justin, dude, his Walmart clearance videos are going crazy right now. Yeah, they are. And he reminds me, I got some tax conversation I wanted to bring up. Go um, do does Disney? I've actually got a trip to Disney coming up because my daughter has a cheer competition taking place at Disney. Do you know if there's are they doing family passes now? I mean, this year in 2021. I'm they, just curious. They opened it to my knowledge, they opened it up to like get on a list, but um, I don't think that you can just like walk up to the park and buy a ticket, you know, yeah. like any any time in the previous, like you have to okay. either get in a list to, I don't know with the COVID stuff. It's been, kind yeah. of crazy, but um, are they limiting the number of people? So. Are they limiting the number of guests in the gate? I think so. Um, I honestly don't know about all that stuff though. I really don't pay attention to it. My wife just yeah. says, Hey, we're going to Epcot today. If you want to go, or, you know, we're going to MGM. Get in the car. Let's go. Yeah. Go or we're going to MGM on Friday and I'll be like, all right, I'll get my work done and then I'll go with you guys on Friday or, or whatever. So that's excellent. Well, let me um, mention this. Did um. It, it probably affects everyone in the in the chat and everything, but with the whole new tax rules that are being put into place, you're familiar with what's going on. Um, taxes. I haven't, I haven't the, fully read into it, but I know like if you make if you do more than like six hundred dollars in sales, yeah, then yeah. So how do you, how do you? I mean, honestly, you probably uh, that probably doesn't affect you at all, though, does it? Right? Not to as of right now. Again, I haven't done a whole lot of research. It's probably a good question for Justin, but. Uh, yeah. I, 
I'm, so they I'm, changed. They did. You're right. They minimized it from twenty thousand to six hundred, mm-hmm. and it's not two hundred transactions. I I really think it's like one transaction. It's it's really really low. Yeah, um, I, but it, still it we all do our taxes, right? Yeah, right. it wouldn't affect me. Taxes, right? It wouldn't affect <laughs> me either way because I'm I'm doing, you know, doing way really more, good, way, huh? Way more than that in, in in sales on on eBay. So, what does your average rock band set sell for? That's a good question. Uh, about two hundred bucks. Woo! So okay, so do you, what? What's the most you're willing to pay for a rock band set if you find it on Facebook Marketplace? And I'm learning from you because I see them all over my Facebook Marketplace. But I'm like, I don't want to pay one twenty five to sure. flip for two hundred. Mm, I don't know. It just doesn't sound right to me. What do you think? Sure. So um, I'm I'm pretty cheap by nature. Um, <laughs> like I don't like paying up for stuff. But I've been learning that you know, with how many people are getting into thrifting and reselling and especially where I live in, in Orlando. Um, hey, Jessica know, Boone. That's hey, a new Jessica. face. Thanks for joining us, Jessica. Appreciate uh, you. So, you know, Florida is very competitive, but I just, I'm def- I'm one of the biggest proponents of not making excuses. Like I, I can't stand when people say my thrifts are dry. There's no garage sales in my area. Like there's always ways to make money. I mean, there, there's something eat. everywhere. You just got to keep looking. If you can't find it in that store, go to another one. hundred percent. And Joey found a Nerf gun on the side of the road the other day. Like while he was on his mail route, picked what? it up put it in his mail truck and sold it for 120 bucks on Monday night. So how much? $120 for a Nerf gun. What? So oh trash now, to cash so if you can do that then you know there's no excuses but as i didn't far even as know I, nerf guns were worth 120 bucks oh yeah Th- there's there's some that are not all but there are some so that's crazy. Uh, nerf guns what? are bolo if you can get them cheap enough but as far yeah. as and stuff is concerned the most i'll pay it depends on which model it is typically the xbox 360 models sell a mm-hmm. lot faster for me than like the playstation or the wii models mm-hmm. um and the four drum set sells a lot better for me than like the band hero one where it's like a big bulky thing with three pads and two symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depends on which set it is. Also, if they're wired or wireless, um, that makes a big difference too. So, but typically like 50, 60 bucks is typically what I like to pay for them. However, yeah. there are certain bundles that I'll pay up for. Like I bought a rock band bundle. I paid a hundred dollars for it from a guy on Facebook marketplace and it had the drum set and four guitars. So right. I put, I put the drum set and one guitar in a bundle and then I sold the other three guitars individually. So I was willing to pay up for that because I knew I could make, you know, over $400 mm-hmm. um, off, out. off of that hundred dollar investment. I would still pay a hundred dollars for a $200 flip because rock band stuff is selling so fast for me. Like if I pull up my Mercari, yeah, I'll just I'll just give you an example, like specifically Mercari, just because, you know, if I go to In Progress, the four the four items on the top of my list right now are all yeah. guitar hero guitars. Yeah, see them. You know, fifty nine, forty nine, fifty nine, and one hundred and three dollars for guitar hero stuff. That's so, crazy. You know, and most of those are a cost of goods of less than five dollars each. So, it so just te- they sell me. so fast. I. I I am a video game addict in the respect of the fact that I like Mario and those type of games. Um, I've always wanted to sell the guitars. I don't have the systems to test all the guitars. I learned, I taught myself how to test the USB wired guitars, but I don't have the dongles. 
what do you have? How do you how do you test them all? Do you keep a set? Do you keep a console? Do you keep a dongle for everything so you can test it? How do you how do you go about doing that? So there's a couple of ways. The first one is Tim Osborne to thrift. Shout out, Tim. It's an inside <laughs> joke at this point that Joey and I say, because I can use Tim as an example for everything. He put out a video on his YouTube channel on how to test wireless guitars with dongles straight from your computer. All you have to do is type in USB, you know, in the search bar in your computer. And then it has right. um, USB. I'll tell you exactly what it says right now. USB, it's set up USB game controllers. And all you do is you plug in the dongle and then it'll automatically sync to the guitar that you're holding as long as it's um, as long as it's got batteries in it. And then it has all the little buttons on the screen of your computer and you can press them and it'll light up on your screen to tell you if it's working or not. Mm -hmm. um, so the wireless ones, it works great for now. As if far you've got as the dongle, right? With the dongle. Correct. Yeah. Without the dongle, I typically either don't pick them up um, or I only buy them if I get them super, super cheap and I'm willing to wait to either find a dongle or buy one on eBay, you know, at a cheap price, like on an auction or something um, to make it work. Now you can sell them without dongles. Like this one that I sold for $59. I sold it today two guitar hero guitars for $59 mm -hmm. um, with no dongles, but I paid $1.99 each, I think for them. So it was worth it for me. But not all guitars sell for that much without the dongles. So um, do you recommend mm, is, uh, trying to sell them untested or just don't worry about it? Like that's not even worth it. It It is worth it to me because I sell them very fast. So mm -hmm. it just depends on, on what you like to – it just depends on what you like to sell. I mean some people aren't comfortable with it because it runs the risk of, especially on eBay, a return. Even if you put – untested in the title, yeah. not working in the description. Somebody sees a cheaper price and they just click buy. Yeah. Me personally, I'm willing to take the risk because from my experience, I haven't had that many re I don't think I've even had one return of a guitar that I've listed untested and that someone returned it. Um, cause they thought it was an actual working guitar. Now I've had guitars that I claimed were tested uh, and they got returned to me cause someone said there was a button not working or something like that. It was sticky. I don't know. I don't remember, but, yeah. um, guitar hero guitars very rarely get returned. Um, so, but as far as the console is concerned to test them typically because I'm constantly sourcing, um, what I'll do is like, I'll build up a small inventory of guitar hero and rock band stuff that I haven't tested. If I get it cheap enough. Hey, Jennifer. How are you, Jennifer? Thanks for joining us tonight. And, uh, and then I will either try to find a console on Facebook Marketplace and I'll pay up for it a little bit because I know I need it to test the to test the Guitar Hero stuff. You know, I'll pay up a little bit for it and then I'll resell that console after I've tested the stuff. Like right now I've got a okay. Nintendo Wii. I got it at a garage sale for $5. Mm -hmm. So now I'm keeping that Nintendo wow. Wii as my, as my test Wii for Wii bundles because I've been yeah. getting a lot of Guitar Hero and Rock Band stuff for Wiis. So for $5, I can make a lot of profit on it but it's worth it for me to keep to test. Yeah. So I want to say hello to Marrakesh7 for joining us tonight. He's a, a good supporter of the channel. I appreciate you joining us, buddy. I okay. will admit that the Wii, I have a Nintendo Wii U, and um, I have a – that's the only console they make guitars for that I own that I feel comfortable go ahead and buying and testing on. So I've I've been dodging the Sonys. I've been dodging the Xbox 360s. 
but there were three guitars I just couldn't help but pick up because they were only – I got them on half price for 150 The whammy bar works. That's like the only real thing you can test in the store. Buttons not sticking and the whammy bar working, right? So I went ahead and picked them up for $1.50 each, and I've just been sitting on them because I had no way of testing them. So maybe I'll just list them for maybe, you know, maybe 20% cheaper and say untested and see how it floats, right? That That's what I would do because a lot of people either don't have the space – to store a bunch of Guitar Hero stuff because they're kind of bulky or they just think like, oh, I'll find a dongle in the wild. And the only people that find dongles in the wild is Tim Osborne the Thrift. <laughs> I'm serious. He's got the magnet for them. He literally finds... I've never you know, seen one, to be honest with you. <laughs> he he actually he actually found two dongles yesterday at a thrift store for 99 cents each. Crazy. And it was... Uh, ironically, I have a guitar and a drum set that I've been waiting to buy the dongles for on eBay for the right price. Mm -hmm. And he gave me a really good deal on them. So I bought them from him. So now I'll have the set. I think there I have, go. I think the drum set I got at the flea market for $5 and the guitar I actually got for free, which is a long story on how I got a bunch of these guitars <laughs> for free. I made a trade with a guy on Instagram. Things kind of didn't work out in the end. He wasn't happy with the stuff I traded him. I tried to make it right. He got mad at me. And then he tried to apologize. And after that, I was like, listen, I'm just, we're going to move forward from here and, and just not do business together anymore. But, yeah. um, so I got a bunch of guitars for free. And so one of them was that specific guitar that Tim had a dongle for, mm -hmm. and then he had the dongle for the drums. It was a matching set and I've been sitting on it for a couple weeks. So he's, he was willing to sell them to me a little cheaper. So I really appreciate that, Tim. Well, that was a good deal. Hey, yeah, he keeps he keeps calling it out. There you go. <laughs> He's such we, a great guy, man. He's such a great guy. That's we got my mom. mama flipper up in here. Thanks that's for joining my, us, mama. That's my actual mother. That is awesome. Um, my dad and my mom will sometimes pop in here and it just kind of makes you feel good. You want to sit up straight and make sure you show your manners because they're watching. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Always remember your pleases and your thank yous. Uh, Jennifer Frederick, Drew, I know you haven't gotten into Amazon, but you should look into selling the Guitar Hero guitars on Amazon. They sell for a lot more. I personally have heard that like eBay stuff is one thing, but if you could get it on Amazon, it's maybe double, sometimes even triple the price. What do you think? Yeah, everything sells on Amazon for more. I have been trying to get my Amazon seller account like reinstated for the longest time I opened one and then like I forgot the password and then I got locked out and now Amazon oh. won't let me use Amazon because of their whole IP address thing. Like you oh. can only have one Amazon account per IP address. So like I couldn't make another one with my wife's email. So I've been locked out of my Amazon seller stuff. And so I've just been focusing on eBay and Mercari and Poshmark and Depop and Facebook marketplace. I mean, I'm already on so many platforms that, I, I'm I'm comfortable where I'm at right now until mm -hmm. I get to a point where I hire an employee or something like that. Um, however, I will say um, I was going to probably make a YouTube video about it, but I'll, I'll give you a little spoiler. Uh, okay, in, go one ahead. Of my, in one of my recent flea market videos, a couple months ago, actually, probably about two months ago, I found this Funai, F-U-N-A-I, a DVD combo unit. And um, I looked it up on eBay and comps were like 200 to $299. And so I got it for 40 bucks and okay. it had the original remote, the manual, everything. So I was like 40 in the 300. That's killer. Mm -hmm. And somehow I got on the topic of talking to Josh um, and Joey about it. Harry Tornado, you know, and Joey bought a bing in our, you know, in our group chat and stuff. Right. And he looked at, he looked it up on Amazon and there were none available on Amazon. 
or something like that. And they had been selling as high as $800 on Amazon. And so Josh put, put in, what's up, Philly flipper. What's up, my, my guy. Uh, he put in, um, like the information and emailed me the Amazon FBA label and Uh told me to send it, uh, told me to send it to Amazon, um, under his name. And he listed it for $585 or something. Uh-huh. It was like the cheapest one available when he sent it in. And he just sent me a screenshot this morning that it sold for full price on Amazon. Nice. For $584. And that so is nice. That's crazy. It's it's probably one of the highest sales I've had to date as a reseller, like top, top three or top five yeah. selling items. Um, and I would have sold it on eBay for like $300. Yeah. But now I sold it for almost 600 on Amazon. Was that a know? DVD player you said? Or it what was, was a it? DVD combo unit. Yeah, DVD recorder. combo unit. Yeah. Okay, I'll admit I haven't been resell. I haven't been on YouTube very long, but Drew, you're the one who got me started looking at combo units. That's awesome. All right? And they have actually started. I mean, the electronics, I started really paying attention to around the November, December time frame. Before then, I would just pick one up here and there because I was always afraid of what it would go through to have to test it and return something so big and heavy. Um, shout out to Tommy Bernard, uh, Bernhard, who taught me how to get the shipping working properly and give my shipping discount to my buyers. And I'm going to make a YouTube video about this as well. Um, basically, I have increased based on his tips from just my Georgia, Florida area of selling of my electronics. Now they're all over the U S um, using UPS and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah, electronics have really opened a big door for me this year. Um, he's uh, Tim says, I'm so bad at Amazon. I'll sell something on eBay. Then realize I'd go for more on Amazon. I just, I opened my Amazon reseller account. I honestly can't remember. I think it was end of January. Um, and books, people are always saying books, start with books, 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 books. So I've just been scanning a bunch of books and I actually found a few, maybe a handful, like seven or eight or nine. And I made my first Amazon sale maybe three weeks ago. Um, but it's been like the worst scenario in the world because of UPS, USPS. Apparently they've lost the book. Oh gosh. It was my very first sale and everybody's saying refund it. But then... I've also been getting advice that if you can instruct the buyer to do the, there's a report a problem that the A to Z guarantee may back me up as a seller as well, where Amazon will refund them and I don't have to, I don't, if anybody in the chat knows any more detail about that and you have some advice for me on that, I appreciate it. Cause right now I'm leaning on trying to save my account, you know, just even though it's my very first sale, trying to save my account and just hit that refund buyer and just eat whatever, you know, eat it all. But um, that A to Z guarantee kind of has me curious if I should let Amazon take care of it, if they report it as a problem, right? So I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, I wish I could give you more advice on the Amazon stuff. But I mean, I know like Dante, Prison to Profit, does quite a bit of Amazon. And uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of resellers that do it. You know, Caleb Phoenix resale does Amazon Ben ready, set resell. He'd probably be a really good resource for Amazon. Um, so I'd probably reach out to one of those guys, but, uh, Mm -hmm. I just, I just can't Amazon. I don't know why, but it just doesn't excite me like eBay does, even though there's more profits there, just sending the stuff in and waiting for it to sell. And 
I don't know, maybe I need to change my mindset about Amazon, but I've never really, I think I've been turned off by Amazon because of so many like drop shippers and so many like of those commercials that are like, if you give me 45.9 seconds, I'll tell you how I make $550,000 a month selling <laughs> uh, used green lantern rings on Amazon, you know, or something stupid. And it's a really good random uh, analogy. <laughs> it, but I just got so many of those ads. Like I just got so sick of hearing about Amazon. And so, uh, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I actually learned about the DVD combo units in the recorders yeah. from Walter Blake Noblock. So, you know, I watched yeah. his channel. Um, I still watch his channel, but I learned about them from him. And so it's cool to see like that, you know, um, funnel through the resellers. Like you mm -hmm. saw it from me, I saw it from him and you know, they're, they're great. The problem is, is if you don't know how to test them, like, I know you put out a great video about how to test them, which mm -hmm. is awesome. Um, but if you don't know how to test them properly, like you can't just power it on, open the DVD tray, stick a VCR or a VHS tape in it and eject it and say, okay, it works because right. the recording side might not work. The fast forward might not work. Like you do have to test, you know, all of the features of it because those are annoying things to get returns on, you know, yeah. especially because 99% of buyers don't know how to ship it back properly. And when you put in a return, they're just going to go ship it however they can to get it back to you. Uh, and you end up eating a lot of shipping costs because of it most of the time. So yeah, you do. I'll admit I got one return last week because this is something I didn't think to test because the buttons are on the remote and I didn't have the remote, but this gentleman re returned it or requested a return and I, I honored it. Um, it wouldn't program channels properly in order to record. I guess the soap operas. I don't know what he was trying to record, but it wouldn't program the channels properly to record. And I'm like, you're right. I never tested that. Um, another one was it automatically powers itself off after the videos playing for like 30, 45 minutes into the movie. I didn't let the tape run for 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. I let it run for like five minutes. Right. And it was good, but I'm, I'm like, those are some very odd situations that I just did not see coming down the pipe. And to be so honest with you, I probably won't test those two things again. Yeah, there's, there's two scenarios in that situation. The first one is it's a legit statistical anomaly and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. The second one is it's a buyer hoping to confuse you and say, oh, I don't want you to ship it back because it's too much. Just keep the unit and they're trying to get oh. it for free. You no, know, so I always make them return it, <laughs> always make them return the unit yeah. because actually I found that about 50% of the time I have people ask me for returns on big units like uh, Sony CD, you know, like the mega CD players that hold like 200 or 400 CDs. Yeah. A lot of people, because I, I list them high and then offer free shipping on those typically because mm -hmm. there's a lot listed. So one may sell for $80 plus $75 calculated shipping. I'll list mine for 150 free shipping. Cause I know it's only going to cost me 20, $25 to ship, mm -hmm. but people try to return those all the time and say like, Oh, one slot doesn't play CDs. I'm like, well, you've got 199 more. Yeah. So if you really need that 200th slot, I did not test all 200 CD slots. I tested like three or four. They all played. You can send it back. And then half the time they won't, you don't hear from them again because they just think they're going to pull one over on you and get you to keep it. Uh, so always tell them to send it back. Very We're just too smart for them, Drew. We got Jen Closet Jim showing up tonight. Thanks for joining us, my friend. What's up, Jen? And, um, I wanted to say that 
electronics in general really have opened a whole new door. I can understand why it wouldn't be for everyone. It, I mean, if it, it's a chance. It really is. If your goodwill doesn't take returns, that's a chance. Number one, you can't thoroughly test it in the store. Um, number two, if you are, it's a chance that you'll get that return and maybe you'll just toss it because I, honestly, what I did was when I got that, um, VCR that wouldn't program channels. I, I relisted it for $10 more to try to make up the loss that I had from the first sale, put in the description, tested, will not program channels to record, and it sold again within three days. So, it, I mean, yeah. you just got to know how to – I think electronics really is a special kind of sale, much deeper than clothing or, or something like that. I mean, you know how – it. I mean, when you got to test your guitars, you got to test your drums – you got to test your video games. It's just it, not everybody's really has the patience, you know, or the space to store something like that. So I can appreciate that. But I also think that it's one of those items that makes the investment in your time to test it properly. Well worth it, in my opinion. Absolutely. And it's, it's so funny how time, time in life works. It just never fails to amaze me. A Dean hustling hooks him and Melinda. What's hey. up guys. Uh, I was just about to reference them because like a Dean, for example, he's such a genius. He actually found someone in his local area that will fix non-working electronics for him for like literally five or $10 a unit. So oh, I totally does, need one of those guys. Yeah, everybody does. Uh, so, but what he does is he like batches them and he'll say, Hey, I've got 10 non-working units and three guitar hero guitars that don't work. This guy will come pick up all of them. Dean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if it's like his hobby or he just enjoys electronics or what, but you know, this guy will come pick this stuff up and then bring it back to a Dean and say, okay, everything's fixed and working. You know what I mean? And then he re and then he's able to pot to, to, um, uh, to sell it. Right. And so, you know, it's just, it's just very smart. Uh, if you can find somebody like that, or you have a friend or, you know, someone with electronics to kind of get in on, um, that type of, of action. But for someone like me, I really don't have the patience for it or the time because I'm a one man band, you know, like I do everything for my business. I do everything for the YouTube, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if I pull a DVD combo unit, like I've got one sitting or like right up there, actually, you can't see it, but it's, it's up there. Right. Uh, it powers on the DVD tray opens the VHS tray opens, but when you press play, it's not like showing the time. Um, and I can't get it to pop up on the TV, like when you plug in the AV cables and stuff. Yeah, but um, either way, like I know it powers on, but it's not working properly. So I'm either going to list it as untested or I'm just going to take the L on it. But um, he says that it's a he's a specialist. and He's been encouraging to make start making extra cash. I totally need to find. So he does cheap work for us and we can get him more business. That's good. Yeah, You're helping yeah. each other out. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what business and, and, um, and entrepreneurship and those, and those types of things are all about. I mean, again, with them, you know, they reached out to me on Instagram last year and was like, Hey, we just are thankful for your Instagram page. We, you know, we enjoy your content. We just wanted to let you know that we've been selling a lot of bread makers during COVID. It's a really popular item. And I mean, it opened my eyes. I mean, within two months, I probably sold 15 bread makers. And I would have, I would have never looked at one in my entire life if it wasn't for them telling me, 
And then we built a relationship together. And then, you know, we chatted, you know, on Instagram and we shared stuff and, you know, now look at them. They're, they're killing it. They've got, they are killing it. A billion subscribers on YouTube and, you know, he got his, he got his wife to quit her job. (laughs) Exactly. Never quit her job. Excellent. Hey, we have a good number of people in the chat, so I want to entertain them a little bit with a game. How do you feel about a game, my friend? Sure, let's do it, man. All right. I want to say, first off, before I play this game intro, you inspired me for this game, all right? Watching your videos, it inspired me for this game. It's a little bit of a twist on previous games we've played, but here's what we're going to play is called Flea Market Flip. Dude, and I love that so much. That, there you go. And, you know, it's you can't – I mean, I know Gary's not here. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to join us. So we got to have other players for the game, right? So I would like to bring in one of your good old buddies. How about Mr. Joey Bada-Bing? Yo! What's up? Joey, what are you doing here, Joey? What are you How doing are you, here, Joey? Buddy? Man, I had to bring in Joey because Drew, a game's not a game without two players at least, right? So well, Joey, Joey's going down. So you made the wrong choice coming in here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm gonna put. See, can I put Joey up there? There we go. Okay, two players across the top. This game is called Flea Market Flip, and it's a. Ta- I kind of took my Take Two game that I've been playing in the past and put a little spin on it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you guys eight or nine different items. They're random generic items. They're not from necessarily from eBay. But, um, hey, Joey, you might have YouTube running in the background or something. I can kind of hear a little bit of feedback. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, the, uh, so I'm going to give you a category, and I'm going to show you a picture. And you're going to need to get some paper, guys. While I'm talking, get some paper, get a pen, get ready, get, get ready to write some prices down in your head. The point of the game is you guys have to pick three items that you're going to pick up from the flea market to make the most profit. Okay. So okay. I'm going to show you nine items to choose from the price that they're selling for at the flea market. And you need to write down on the paper how much you think they would go for and how much profit you think you can make. Once I go through all nine items, you're going to each pick your three items and I'm going to keep track of it in my score sheet over here. So let's start by um, sharing my screen. And right now it's just blank, but any questions before we get started with the game, you're going to, I'm going to go through all nine items and talk about it. You're going to pick three you think would make you the most profit. Okay. So Drew, you, you and Joey, you want to you want to beat each other with the profit just by picking three of these nine items. You can pick the same items. You don't obviously gonna, you're not going to know who picked what, right? But at the end, if you pick the same items and it's a tie, we'll come up with a tiebreaker. How about that? All but, right. What do, what do I win when I crush Joey in this competition? Um, I'll come up with something, but right now it's just bragging rights that you can just that. blast all that. over triple pa- uh, triple um, blast thrift podcast. podcast. Tri- thank you, triple thrift. I always call it blast because I have a blast when I listen to it, guys. It's awesome podcast. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's go. The first item. And remember, these are just some generic items. The first one is an Easton Mako composite baseball bat. Okay. The the this table at the flea market, they want twenty five dollars for it. And I don't know. That could be a little too high. 
But um, you got to try to think, what could you flip it for? And and write that down on your paper and try to remember, uh, you know, by the time you see them all, it might be one of your best choices. But an Easton Mako composite baseball bat, it's on sale at the flea market for $25. See if you can figure out in your head on your paper how much you can sell it for. The next item is, oh, look at there, right up your alley, Drew. The hey, Super Nintendo go. NES plus controllers, but there's no games. So you got everything you you technically need to play the games but you don't have any games to play maybe they're just banking that you got super mario world at home or donkey kong or something like that but they want 55 dollars. that might be a little steep i don't All know right. okay. i know drew you got a lot of experience at the flea market so i don't know that may be a little steep all right the next item is a set of golf clubs the brand name is top flight all right uh, I'll go ahead and tell you in the chat, guys, if you want to help these guys out as to what you think they could flip these items for, I have no problem with you sharing your thoughts in the chat. I would recommend don't just put a price, put the item and then a price because the chat's a little bit slower than the video feed is. Um, so the is top that, is that a full, is that a full set? That's a full set with this wedges is a full and everything? set. Um, it's three through pitch. So we got, got three, it. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pitch sand wedge it's a full set of nine got it yeah so it's it's a top flight branded iron set for 35 dollars mm, that seemed I, I actually i'd probably pick that up for myself if nothing else looks like they actually have graphite shafts so think about that one too the next item is an iphone 6s oh man isn't that old god how many generations is that you would know i don't know i'm an android guy iPhone iPhone 6s for 100 with 128 gigabytes of storage and they want $40 for it no breaks no scratches on the screen I don't know I might pick that up for my daughter but I'm definitely not going to carry that myself to flip it though seems a little high I don't know your choice the next item is a stack of 10 vintage National Geographic magazines can those go for a lot I'm not really sure vintage National Geographic magazines they want $10 for this stack of National Geographic magazines. 10 whole dollars. That's a dollar a piece. What's up, the, Amber Resells? What's up? Oh, we got Amber up in here? And Shopa Holly's in here, too. Thanks for joining us, everybody. My Mama Flipper said, Android. I think I like Mama Flipper. The next thing is a Harry Potter book set of six. It is the hardback edition. It's the full set, and it is... $20 for the set, okay? Okay. The next item is a Ralph Lauren Big Pony Polo Rugby Style. Now, personally, if I see these in Goodwill, I'm picking them up all day long as long as they ain't got no stains or holes in them. But if, you don't, if you're not familiar with B Big Pony Polo, I'm not going to tell you right now how much they flip for because I don't want to ruin the game for Joey and Drew here. But would $6 be worth picking it up to flip? I don't know. The next item, Hustlin' Hooks might be able to help you guys out. It's a Revereware six-quart stock pot with the lid, mind you. With recently, lid. With lid. I think that's important. I've recently learned that um, Barkeeper's Friend, Yeah, I, I only heard that maybe a week ago. My brother-in-law, actually, who's also a reseller, he brought over a uh, – he knew I picked up a Revereware, and he knew I picked up a – Oh, what's that other brand? Salad Master. Okay. That's a bolo. And he just, he walked in my door and he just put that 
barkeeper's friend on my countertop. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with this. Man, it, it made that copper shine like a penny. All right. So they want $10 at the flea market. I, you guys did got to decide. Is that too high or too low? Am I going too fast for you? You no, got some good. prices written down? There you go. And the last item here is a random collection of 100 Xbox 360 games. If you buy this at the flea market, they're not going to let you pick and choose which ones to grab. You got to get the whole lot, and they want $45 for the lot. Okay. Okay. So okay. here's what I did. You guys, you, you got all nine items. If I need to go back over one, let me know. But here's the how here's the actual lineup of all the items and how much the flea market wants for these items. What I did was I found the top, the most recent five sold listings for these categories, averaged them out. So that's the profit or the sale price you can sell these items for. Okay. Now, I think that, that was the safest way of coming up with a price because everybody has highs and lows. And some, you got that one random in there that may, somebody may be trying to beat everybody else out, right? So the average of the most recent top five sold comps. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Drew, will you pick one of these items that you want to pick up from the flea market to flip? And remember, you want to total all three of their net profits. To get okay. the highest net profit more than Joey. I had Dez's name here too, Joey, because I wasn't sure if she was going to join us or not. She's not. Yeah, you could okay. cross her out. Okay. Well, I just want to answer the the chat real quick. Um, What's the chat got going Justin on? Justin was asking about a YouTube channel that shares about pots and pans. Hustlin' Hooks literally started the pots and pans craze, and they have a great video on their YouTube channel about pots and pans, Justin. It's very in depth it's very detailed you can learn everything you need about pots and pans from their youtube channel there you go and he i think i'm not sure what item that was for i missed it while we were He's going talking the about items. the revereware pot oh is he okay good deal um okay so drew what's the first item you want to pick up at the flea market to flip all right so i have a couple questions because <laughs> let me stack my paper here <laughs> you it so go there's ahead. a couple there's a couple of things that go into play. So I need yes or no questions. You only get a few. Okay. I'm not allowed generic. To, so I'm not allowed to negotiate prices with the sellers on any of this stuff. This is their absolute no, lowest price. That's the price. That's the price you, you get them at. <laughs> okay. I like to negotiate, so I had to ask. Oh, we all do, but it's um, hard to negotiate in the game. So all right. And the second thing is, are we basing this off of uh uh like net profit or or percentage? like the highest profit percentage because mm -mm. I'll pay up for something if the, if the percentage Not percentage, okay. total net profit. Net profit. I've okay, done the it. math already. It's hidden right here, but I've done the math got already. It. Okay. I'm, I'm going to take I the price you picked it up for and um, subtract it from the price at average price it sold for. And then that difference becomes part of your total. Okay, and then one last question: the Xbox 360 games. That's if you sold that as one lot, not not parting it out as each individual game. Correct. Okay. All right. I think my first item is. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Easton bat. Okay. The Easton Mako bat. All right. We'll write that down right here, and we'll give Joey a chance to pick an item. Now, remember, you, you can ch you can choose the same item. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying it's not like the bat's out of the question for you, Joey. So what, what were you thinking? What's your first choice? 
That's actually my first choice too, because I played baseball my whole life, and I know Easton Mako was a very, very good bat, um, especially that that brand or that okay. that that make. the 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 Easton's an okay brand, but the Mako is one of the best. So, okay, okay, all right, Drew. That will lead you. We'll let you uh, take the second choice. What's your second choice? I uh, I think I need to let Joey go first, just to make sure he's not copying me. Uh-oh. I knew you were gonna say this. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I'm too. Um, I'm too competitive. Have here, you re- have you written it down on a piece of paper? Write yeah, your. Th- How about this? Write your three choices down on a piece of paper and hold it up to the camera. Oh wait, wait. wait. I'll, I'll just. I'll just share. I my just have one. It's okay. No, I'll no. Do my next one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with <laughs> Joey. He just wants to make sure you're not. You're not taking everything. I, I know he wouldn't. At the, at the best, it'd be a tie, right? <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the National Geographic's next. Okay. I'm gonna put magazines here. I'm just gonna put mags. There we go. All right, Joey, what's the next item that you choose? Um, I think I was going to go with the same. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going <gonna, laughs> to go with the um, Harry Potter books. All right, we'll put Potter. All right, and Drew, your third item? It's tough because I'm debating between two, and the only reason I'm debating is because um, because I got a little help from the chat, which I almost consider cheating. Uh, for me, because I don't, I don't, I like to try to, you know, compete solely, but some people in the chat were saying that the Harry Potter books was missing a book. It's actually seven in the set, not six, which is what you said was in the, was for sale. It was six books. So it's not the full set, but they still sell for a lot of money. Well, I'll tell you this. That was just a picture. What I'd based my averages on was the full set. Okay, well, if it's the full set, then that's going to be my third pick. Okay. So, Harry Potter. All right, Joey, what's your third choice? Hmm. This is going to be the game separator right here. I can't choose NES because it's kind of too close. Um, I'm going to have to go with... Oh, come on. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try the iPhone. I don't know why it looked clean. It was 128 gigabyte. That's probably the highest one in that time period. Okay. Um, because then I think the newer ones go for like 256 gigabytes. So um, I think that's the highest gigabyte for the iPhone. I think so. For okay. forty dollars, you know, I'm gonna say that one. Good. I like that. For forty dollars, you think the iPhone was a good choice? Okay. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at the prices of the items you did not choose okay so the nes the golf clubs the big pony polo and the reveal pot and no one chose the xbox games either right right all right so to reveal here's their average sale prices for those items the average sale price for the super nintendo plus controllers was 114 dollars and 38 cents the top flight golf club irons was 86.33 the big point oh Sorry, the big pony polo was thirty-one sixty-four. The Revere Wear pot was forty-five dollars. I think Hustling Hooks nailed that on the <laughs> dot. And the X Games uh, Xbox Games lot was actually the highest. I'll go ahead and tell you now was the highest average sold price of one hundred and thirty-two dollars and sixty cents. I actually, I actually, the reason I didn't pick the Xbox games was because I had a very bad experience 
when I bought out someone else's eBay store, I sold I had two, a bad experience. <laughs> I sold Sorry. two huge lots of Xbox 360 games just loose as is, scratches, no no game, you know, boxes, no um CD holders or anything. Right. And I sold I sold one for 100 and I sold one for 120, but one of them a guy put in a return request because he said too many of them had scratches on them and mm. so um Although the solds were high, I just it, I, I couldn't do it. So but <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that it's it's up there for a hundred games. Yep, it was up there. It was the highest average sold price of all the items we had listed at this flip at this flea market. All right, so now you got to find out what were these other items. And so I'm going to hide these prices so that we don't get confused by looking at them. So let's go with Drew. Your first choice and Joey's first choice was the bat. I'm afraid y'all are going to be shocked by this. It was $81.49. It's high, but not as high as you probably thought, right? Because there were well, a few make 25 and 81 isn't bad. Be, be, yep. I mean, you're at 55 into 114. You're about the same as far as net profit. Okay. that's That's right. Um, so 81. Okay. So Mako's typically go around the hundred plus mark they do, but in the top five, most recent sold. And I checked, there was no issues with them because I thought that there were some that were selling pretty low, no issues with them. There were just some low ballers trying to get rid of some of their stuff, I assume. So that brought the average down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. That happens though. That happens. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. So the we both you both had the bat the magazines was drew's next choice 15.99 was the average sale price they went for about a dollar a piece as much as you would have picked them up at the flea market drew sorry about that but that probably might damage you a little bit the harry potter set and yeah even though the picture had six in it this set, the average i did was for full complete sets this harry potter set was $81.17. Y'all both picked Harry Potter, right? Yep, you yeah. sure did. And then you got the iPhone. I mean, that's going to be more profit than the National Geographic, so I know I'm taking the L already. $126.57. So, Drew, your bat, your National Geographics, and your Harry Potter books gives you $178.65. And Joey, your bat, your iPhone, and your Harry Potter books gives you $289.23. <laughs> yeah, Drew I'm, hates I'm, losing. There you I go. just want you to know that. It I'm was shamed. It, it's, it, it's weird, though, because I've seen people share bolos about the National Geographics. I look um, at them every time I'm in the store. And when I look them up, I'm like, they're not selling for crap. Like a dollar yeah. a magazine. It has I, to be something about the specific magazine and not just random lots, right? I should have I should have I should have went for the Super Nintendo because I knew it would be at least a double your money situation. Uh, but I was gonna take a risk because I thought Joey wouldn't pick the magazines. And I've seen uh I've seen a couple people share bolos on them, although I've never uh, sold National Geographic specifically, but I've seen people share like, uh, maybe I'm thinking of, uh, there's another magazine with animals on it. I don't, uh, I don't know. Like Zoo Books. I think it's Zoo Books. Okay. 
I think that's what I was thinking. I think Zoo Books is actually a bolo. So, but so all right, Joey, congrats. I'll you've encouraged my- me to go to the flea market, buddy. I will admit though, and I, I've got flea market questions for you. And Joey, do you have a flea market where you're at? I mean, y'all yeah, are I do. what two hours away from each other or something like that? I can't remember. Yeah, we're two hours away. Um, Drew, we actually should go to the one in Palm Bay. <laughs> <laughs> in Pompeii, what? In Palm Bay, it's it's where oh, we met, Drew. In the middle, they have one there. We should go to one there. Sorry, I think the now nah, the flea market here in um Alabama, which is closest to me here in Columbus, Georgia. It um, I think they just pick the worst stuff out of the Goodwill trash cans or off the side <laughs> of the road and try to flip it at the flea markets. Because Drew, you find some really nice stuff at yours, and there ain't nothing like that in comparison. Are is yours indoor or outdoor? Mine's outdoor. I was looking for an iPhone. I actually have two iPhones for sale on my eBay store and I've had them for sale for like a year for a hundred bucks for a hundred bucks. And I cannot sell them for nothing. So that's why I didn't pick the iPhone, but, um, I can, there's a website called swappa.com. Have you ever heard of it? Swappa? Swappa, S-W-A-P-P-A.com. It's strictly for electronics like that um cell phones and uh mobile electronics if nothing else you can at least go to swappa and see what that one is selling for um from a perspective of people who go there to who are phone connoisseurs because not a lot of people know about swappa right and um i'll be honest with you i'm skittish about buying an electronic like that off of ebay um i've never bought a phone off of ebay but i buy several phones off of swappa um I just trust the people know what they're talking about, if that makes sense. Because yeah, it's yeah. a it's a website geared towards just that type of stuff. So. Right. Yeah, All right, Joey, you won. Get out of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Peace, money. Peace money. Wow, Thanks for joining us, Joey. I really do appreciate you, my friend. Surprising no, Drew man. like that. I really <laughs> thought that, uh, you know, you'd, you'd give him a chance, right? But I yeah, not. I've been – I've been trying to like not really kind of tell him. I'll be like, "Hey, man, like, what's going on?" And I'll I'll sometimes bring up your name. I'll be like, "Baldy Pal Picking," and he's like, <laughs> a couple of days ago, he he was like, um, a couple of days ago, he was like, "Yeah, I think I'm going live with him." I was like, "Really?" I was like, "All right, well, I'll be there. You know, I'll, I'll always support you." And kind of just like trying to, you know, yeah. not tell him, but you know, we thought it'd it was be definitely cool to bring a bring your buddy into the show, Drew, just to. Haggle you a little bit, right? Who knows you well, better I'm than never, your best friend? I'm never going to live this down. Joey's never going to let me live this down for the rest of my life. So, oh, trust you me. That's what? right. We'll bring you both back on with Gary. And he honestly, when he's not, I guess, hugging a porcelain throne, he uh, <laughs> he's on his game with the money. So we'll bring y'all back on. We'll have a game just dedicated to. We'll have a show just dedicated to games, and it'll be the three of y'all, and we'll see who comes out on top. How's that sound? Uh, I'm down for that. Sounds great. All right, cool. Thanks for showing up, Joey. We're going to um, keep talking to Drew about flea markets and stuff like that, man. Sounds you good. have a good night, all right? Love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye, Joey. Thanks Peace for being money. See ya. See ya. <laughs> He's a good guy, man. I can see why you like Joey. That dude's got energy out the wazoo. Never lets anybody down, does he? He, he let me down by beating me. Oh, man. I, I, I'm not. I'm super competitive with family and ping pong. Do you, do you play games like that, like ping pong or yeah? yeah I'm, or? I'm, I'm extremely competitive. So losing to Joey is like 
not just because it's not just like losing to Joey, just losing in general. I hate losing. So I took a risk with the National Geographic because my my strategy with reselling in general is Mm -hmm. I never take guesses. Like if you look at, for example, like Cincinnati Picker, he has a lot of knowledge. But when you watch his garage sale videos, you never see him looking up a comp. He'll see something and go, how much is that? Seven dollars. Okay, I'll take it. And then sometimes he gets back home and he'll say, I picked this up for $7. It's not worth as much as I thought. I'll still get 20 or 25 for it. Right. Me, I go to the flea market and I'll stand right in front of the person's booth with them looking over my shoulder and I'll look up the comps on eBay and see how much it's selling for unless it's something I've already sold. So like- Does that ever work against you? Never. I've never had an issue with somebody. You know, like I don't literally, I don't like, I don't like walk up to- somebody and be like, Hey guys, I'm looking up comps on eBay in your flea market booth. Yeah. But, I got you. You know, I, um, I'm just not afraid to like pick up something and scan the barcode, you know, and then say, Hey, how much are you asking for this? Right. And then I'll just, I'll be swiping on my phone. Most of the time those people, you know, think you're texting or talking to a friend or whatever. So, um, but you know, for example, for the game, I decided to risk it cause Joey and I were picking similar things. So I was like, well, let me take a risk on something. And uh, I've never sold an iPhone before. So, you know, I've never sold um, the National Geographic. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I always look up comps. So like that's my <clears throat> one of the things that I'm a big proponent of is, you know, looking up comps before you buy stuff. Because, for example, I picked up a PlayStation 3 last week at the flea market mm-hmm. and with a controller. I paid 30 bucks for it. I should still do well on it, sell for over 100. However, the backwards compatible model sells for a lot more than the regular model. So if it was backwards compatible, I would have paid up for it because you can play PlayStation two games on that PlayStation three. Yeah. So, you know, you have to know that stuff kind of while you're looking up comps because you could type in PlayStation three fat console and not notice that the comps that are sold are the backwards compatible model and think that you just bought a $200 PS three. And really all you got was a hundred dollar PS three. Yeah. So visually, are they different? Like, can uh, you just no, well on beside back, each other? You can, and... tell, you can tell by the back. There's a difference okay. with like the plugs and the USB and stuff. That is, that's really good knowledge to have in your, in the back of your head, you know? And <clears throat> I guess it's one of those things you may not, you may only make that mistake once, but you may have to make the mistake to learn it. Tim says that uh, he, his gut is wrong 99% of the time and there's no reason to risk it. I yeah. am. When I'm looking at the electronics and Goodwill, I'll look up every single one of them because I will be surprised. I picked up, honestly, I this is a surprise to me. So anybody in the uh, chat, if you think this is no duh to you, I'm sorry. Please let me know. But Orion, the brand Orion VCR, uh, they only wanted $5 for it. And I was like, that's probably a piece of crap. I mean, the brand, you, it's not like it's Panasonic. You know, it's not, right. it's not Sony. It's not Magnavox. But you look it up, it's worth 50 bucks. And I I would have never guessed. If I had gone with my gut, even for five bucks, I would have left it behind, right? Because it's not a matter of will it, can you make money off of it? It's literally a matter of will it sell? Absolutely. I mean, well, and those things, those things matter a lot. Like, again, when Hustlin' Hooks told me about bread makers, (laughs) there's a big difference between an Auster brand bread maker and a Zoji Rushi. An Oster bread maker will sell for like $40 plus shipping and a Zoji Rushi bread maker will sell for 300 plus shipping. Holy mackerel. And so, you pronounce that appropriately, I guess. 
I've sold, <laughs> I've sold quite a few of them now because I, I learned about them from, from hustling hooks, but you know, um, it's just one of those things that as you get more knowledge, um, and you, you learn things, you know, uh, you kind of like, that's the only time I don't look up comps. Like for example, when I was at the flea market, I yeah. picked up this Nintendo DS, not in the best condition, but it's not broken. You know, yeah. sometimes these little angles or whatever you call them are broken. Um, I paid $4, I paid $4 for it. So yeah. like, I know I can make money on a $4 DS, so I don't have to look that up, but there are certain models of the DS that sell for more than others. Like a three DS sells for more than a DS Lite. So if the DS was $20, I probably wouldn't have bought it. But if it was a three DS for $20, I would have paid up for it because right. that three DS can sell for 110 to $125 by itself. So you just learn those things over time. And I think that that's like the beauty of reselling. However, you know, too many resellers, you know, just buy stuff and think that it's worth money. Like, I mean, I could give you example after example, but HP like ink, you can find ink and scan it. And some ink is like selling for 30, 40, 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. And then some ink sells for like $9 free shipping. Yeah. So people pick up ink all the time at thrift stores for a dollar or $2, but they don't look to see if it's expired. They don't look to see, you know, they don't scan it. And all you have to do is scan the barcode. You know, it's yeah. very simple, but why waste $2 for a $9 free shipping sale when all you have to do is scan the barcode? You know, there's, there's no, there's no, um, and there's so much ink out there. If you just think that all HP sells the same, it's all equal. It's not, it's not, it's not. And there's no <clears> reason <throat> for like, um, anybody as a reseller to be like prideful, I guess, if that's the right word to like, think that, you know, something again, Harry tornado put out a video about this. You know, he got those Xbox one controllers. He oh, bought yeah. like 26 Xbox one controllers, brand new in the box from Goodwill. I think he paid I don't know, $16 a piece for them or something. Mm -hmm. And he thought they were going to sell for 40, 50 bucks each. Well, it turns out they're selling for about 26 to 30 bucks each free shipping. Mm -hmm. So he spent $600 at a thrift store to potentially make $10 profit per item. Not the best pickup, but he, you know, admitted in the video, Hey, I got a little prideful. I thought I knew what this was worth. I bought them all because I got excited. I didn't look up comps and now I regret it, but he ended up turning it around at least in one sense by saying like, instead of just returning them to goodwill, I'm going to try to sell them. And you know what I mean? Man yeah. up to my losses. He's still going to make some profit, but it's not the same as, you know, if they would have sold for $50 each, but I'm, I'm happy to see that he didn't just say, well, instead of taking the L I'm just going to go to, you know, I'm going to go back to goodwill and return them and get my money back. He actually like is sitting on them and trying to sell them. So you know, if I'm his goodwill is anything like mine, you'd just be getting a credit, no money. Yeah, and that, they're, they're that, that would take money. a while to spend six hundred more dollars at goodwill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I wouldn't. I would only get a credit here, so I would have just, you know, done done the listings and, you know, not taken the L. But I call a six hundred dollar investment, you know, that you something can't you're ready to work towards. I mean, if you right. spent six hundred dollars, you're willing to, you're going to be willing to put in the work anyway. So. Take a, I guess you could say, swallow your pride in that case, and exactly. and not just learn from the uh, situation, but kind of put in your penance towards the situation and and the effort that it takes to make it right. That's really good. That's really good. I have, yeah. I mean, bad buys happen. Truly, they do. I, I can. I'm glad to say I've never made a six hundred dollar bad buy, but he made he made some okay lemonade out of that, wouldn't you say? 
He, yeah, he, 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 like you said, he made lemonade out of it. He made the situation, you know, as best as possible. He, I think he had like two or three viewers that reached out. He said, you know, that wanted to buy one because they had an Xbox one and they wanted a different color model. And, you know, so he sold a couple that way. And then he's already sold a couple on eBay, you know, like the random color ones, like red and blue and whatever, like those sold a little faster because they're more specific to a certain buyer, but like the basic white ones are going to take a little you know, longer to sell, but I think it's yeah. just really cool what he did. Um, but, but yeah, the bar, you know, Tommy's right. A lot of sellers don't put the barcode in. So, you know, it makes it tough to look stuff up, but even if you don't do that, then like Tim says right below it, then search in the results, you know, yeah. um, HP Inc has all the models. Like I've got this one right here, you know, HP the 63 XL. black. Yeah. HT, exactly. HP 920XL. So you know, it, there's, there's really, in my opinion, and this could, I guess, come off kind of harsh, you know, other than if you're a brand new, like baby reseller and you're just learning for someone like me, there's no excuses for someone like me to not take the time to look something up because my time and my money is valuable at this point. Yeah. You know, um, you know, That's so thousand dollar bad ink buy. I didn't hear that story. That's Crazy. Yeah, I, I, I was watching some of the live with Pete last night, but I didn't get to watch all of it. So I missed that. But that's crazy. So, you know, it it just really goes to show that, you know, as resellers, it's really important to put in the extra time and effort to um, to just do the small things that can make a big difference for your business. Like you can't just go and buy any VHS player like you were talking about Orion. You mm -hmm. can't buy any VHS player and just think you're going to make money on it because like that Funai DVD combo unit I was telling you about earlier, I would never pay $40 for a DVD combo unit at a goodwill without mm -hmm. looking up the comps. Well, absolutely not. You know, I think my max is 10. Like if I'm always looking up comps anyway, but let's say I left my phone in the car accidentally or it died, the battery died. I still would be like Panasonic, I think could probably sell for 70, but I don't feel confident enough for going in for 20 on it, you know? Yeah, exactly. So. Without, without knowing. And actually a lot of the Goodwills in my area, I literally get signal blocked inside the stores. Like I can yeah, hardly check comps. I have multiple stores where I have to walk outside, look something up and then go back inside the store if, before I buy it. So yeah, that is, I think that's the structure of the building. Um, Lots of them have the metal roofs anyway, right? And I think that's the structure of the building. I've I've uh, traveled to Nebraska for work a couple of days ago, and I had that same experience in one of their Goodwills. And I went outside, and it worked. Like, just literally walked to the door, which was a big glass door, and I, it worked great. I walked back to the aisle where the electronics were, and I was it was like zero signal by the time I got there. So it was just the structure of the building. So yeah, it happens. Yeah, excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, Tommy, what's he say here? They opened all the ink, replaced with empty and fake ones, and then resealed it. Wow, that's tough. That is a tough loss right there, man. That's tough that's story. not really something that you can control because when you are buying sealed ink from a Goodwill or toner <laughs> cartridges, you can't open it to see if it's actually, you know, new. So that, that again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, that's like a statistical anomaly. Like, you yeah. have no control over a scammer. I mean, there's a, a Pokemon collector card guy on YouTube. His name is Pokey Rev. He opens up Pokemon booster packs and stuff. Mm -hmm. He bought like a $10,000 booster box and then opened it on his YouTube channel. And it turns out all the packs were fake resealed, like fake cards. 
And See, it bothers the ever living crap out of me that people go through that kind of trouble to scam, to, to scam somebody for honestly nothing unless they bought unless let's say they sold it on Facebook Marketplace and they knew it was a scam. But if you found something like that at Goodwill, like they're just doing it to be mean at that point, you know, because they donated it. They got nothing out of it except the laugh because that that it also bothers me. I might. I'm sorry. You got me on a bit of a soapbox. No, you're good, man. You're good. I it share. bothers me when broken things, like clearly broken items, are donated to Goodwill. Yeah. Um. There was a tennis racket. Two tennis rackets. They would have been great. They were Prince or Head. One of those two really good brands. And so I grabbed it on the shelf because I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna look." And I look at it, and the head is like all out of whack. They clearly just slammed it on the ground because they got mad at a match or something like that and why, why can't you just throw that away why do you donate it to goodwill i just i don't i can't fathom that so yeah i kind of I expect care. it from the amazon liquidation store because people return broken stuff to amazon all the time but not, that's just, that's another topic that that just bothers me so we won't even go there but i shared on my instagram <laughs> i shared on my instagram story yesterday i was in a goodwill and i found some really good um tiva sandals like new tags hey robin renee what's up hey guys? Rescue and resale. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Um, what were so, you saying? I'm sorry. Um, I found this Honeywell thermostat, like brand new, mm -hmm. well, not brand new, but in the box. And I shared on my Instagram story, like, don't just pick up stuff without looking it over. And you, it was one of those ones where like you slide the, the cover off of the box and then you have to open the box. Yeah. A lot of resellers are just in a hurry to keep finding stuff. They wouldn't have taken the cover off of the box and then opened it up. And I did, and it was the the old unit put oh, in the new yeah. Honeywell box. So, you know, um, oops. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like you have to be diligent with that stuff because for my Goodwill, it was priced at $14.99, which is absolutely insane to begin with. But in the box, it would have been like a $50, $60 unit. So I would have paid up for it. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you open it up, it's not the same unit. You know, it's a completely different model. It's the old unit, you know, they swapped out and then they just threw it in their goodwill donation pile. And I'm telling you, some reseller is going to get screwed on that thinking they found a $50 bolo and they're yeah. not going to do the the due diligence and open it up and make sure it's in there. So, you know, you guys that are watching or, you know, whatever, it's so important to just, you know, take those extra, extra few seconds and do the little steps. Um, yeah. Jennifer says same things with shoes that are literally falling apart. I, I agree a hundred percent. I saw a pair of Jordans. It literally like the sole, the, I, I guess you, they're the soles, the rubber bottoms. They weren't even attached to the actual shoe anymore. And they were just sitting on the shelf and I went to pick it up and the sole stayed on the shelf. And I've got the sock part of the, of the shoe in my hand. And I'm like, they not only did they donate it, but Google priced them at $25. <laughs> Never ceases to amaze me. Never see what people will donate me. these days. I mean, I felt bad donating a broken. Um, it wasn't broken. It was a washer, a, uh, like a washer and dryer. It was a washer where um, the water still worked, but it flowed real slowly. Like something was in it. So when I donated it, I put it a sign on the front that says, mostly working water flow problem. Okay. I, I, I like. It's a big item. I didn't know how to get rid of it in regular trash to begin with, right? So yeah. I asked them, would they take it? And they said, yeah, sure, we'll take that. So I kind of 
I asked them if they would take it and they said, sure. So I felt confident that they knew what to do with it. Maybe they get something for it, but my heart still said, this may not be the best way to do this, but I'll admit I still did it anyway. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you ask them first. And so, you know, a lot of people do that is they just, they drop off a lot of things at Goodwill because they don't know where else to go, you know, with it. And Goodwill will take almost anything at this point. So, you know, they don't like go through it and pick and choose what you can drop off. You can just drop off anything and then they filter through it in the back. So, yeah, hopefully they'll filter through it. Drew, uh, Jen's asking, what's the worst negotiation you've ever experienced when trying to buy inventory? Maybe at the flea market or something like that? Worst negotiation experience? Mm -hmm. I can't say I've ever had anything like dramatically bad because I'm normally like pretty diligent in knowing my numbers. Like if I make an offer and, you know, someone's asking, like my most recent flea market video, there was a G.I. Joe um like a truck or a military Hummer. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it had like the rocket launcher on the back. The GI Joe was still in the driver's seat. It was 1993 and comps were looking good about 50 to 70 bucks. And I was, you know, I said, how much do you want for it? And I thought she said 15. And I asked if she'd take 10 and she said, no, 50. She wanted $50 for it. So like at that point I just walk away. Um, but I think that, you know, in Orlando, um, I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way because it's not meant to come off the wrong way. But okay. the Haitian women at the flea markets in Orlando are very, very aggressive with their pricing. Like I'll go in there and they buy shoes from Goodwill. They go to the bins and then they set up tables at the flea market. Mm-hmm. You know, so I know where they're getting their inventory and they know that I buy a lot of shoes from the flea market because they see me there every week. So there are some of them that like to negotiate with me because they know I'll buy a lot of shoes from them. And then there are some that, you know, I'll say, how much are your shoes? And they're like different prices for different shoes. And I'll yeah. pick up a pair of New Balance and they're like $20. And then I'll pair, pick up a pair of Hoka's and they're like $5. You know, because oh. they don't they don't really know the difference between models of what sells on eBay. They just think that Nike is, you know, gold yeah. and, you know, and Doc Martens are just regular basic dress shoes. You know, like I got a pair of Docs at the flea market last weekend in my video for $5. Yeah, I saw but that. But then, you know, but then someone was asking $20 for $30 for a pair of Justin boots. So like it just never ceases all over to the place. Me. Um, I've never had any like really bad experiences. I've had a couple of times where I've really wanted inventory from somebody mm-hmm. uh, and they wouldn't negotiate with me. And it was like, it was really hard for me because I wanted to take it home, you know, but I just couldn't make the margins work. There was this one lady selling video games at a booth. She had a Nintendo 64 with one controller and one game and the power cords. And I said, how much? And she said, 50 bucks. I was like, okay, would you take 40? And and she was like, um, she's like, okay, 45. So I was like, all right, I'll pay 45 for it. So I start to pick it up and she's like, no, that's just the console. The game is 30. The controller is 30 and the power cords are 15. And I'm like, what? (laughs) So, so that was, that was needless to say you left that behind. Needless to say, I left that one behind. Yeah. I want to say hey to Taylor Exchange for showing up tonight, my friend. It's been a while. I'm glad you uh, came out and joined us, my friend. What's up, buddy? Uh, um, the flea market out here, It's it. I go to it out of the sheer fact that I have extra time. Either the yard sales weren't a good hit, and I just wanted to still find something, a treasure that day, right? But I off, I always walk away from the flea market mostly disappointed. The, a lot of the stuff is out in the sun and it's not covered, so it's 
and it's been out there week after week after week after week. So it gets a lot of sun damage. But sometimes, just sometimes, you'll find walk away from my flea market with a good flips uh, opportunity. But I am um, amazed by the things you walk away with in comparison to the flea market that I have to make it to be honest with you to compare apples to apples. Um, so I enjoy, I heavily enjoy watching your flea market videos. Just if nothing else, I'm just living through your experiences in your videos. So <laughs> I every, think the, every flea market is different. Like I, the, yeah. one, the one in Orlando that I like to go to, to buy a lot of shoes um, is like I said, a lot of Haitian women, uh, set up booths there and they like sell their fines throughout the week of what they got at Goodwill in the bins. But then the one in Mount Dora, which is like on a, I guess you could say a nicer side of town. Um, you know, and that one's been there for 50 years. It's called Renegers. It's been there for like 50 years. Okay. Um, you, if you go like to the stuff that is like indoors, those people have like paid booths. Yeah. That stuff is like, the same type of people every single week, their prices don't change, nothing like that. But then you go all the way to the back in the grassy area where people set up. I mean, I've gotten Carhartt Aztec jackets for a dollar that I sold for 125, you know, because people don't know what they have. They're just trying to make some quick weekend cash. Mm -hmm. So that is a flea market I like to go to, but it's very hard to find stuff consistently every week. So I try to go to that one like once a month. And then the other one I go to like two times, sometimes three times a month on the weekends. So have you checked your uh, Facebook marketplace lately for any uh, yard sales in your area this weekend? Um, not specifically for this weekend. The way that garage sales aren't very like popping in my area, which is why you don't oh, see okay. me do a lot of garage sale videos. It's few and far between like there's either one neighborhood garage sale and then there's like four or five garage sales in it. Or there's a garage sale here. There's a garage sale way over here on the other side of town. There's a garage sale way over yeah. here. And now with the yard sale treasure map app, you know, being all changed right. because of Craigslist, it's never really helped me. My, I found that it's, it's worked better for me, uh, to just drive around locally where I live and look for garage sale signs mm -hmm. than it is for, to use any of those like apps, because what I find, and I guess you could call this like my secret <laughs> to garage sales is everybody get it, your pins out. It's not really a secret, but. What I've found is that all the resellers use the garage sale treasure map apps and stuff like that, but right. not a lot of resellers just drive around looking for garage sales because yeah. they look for the stuff that they can see pictures and say, okay, that's something I want to buy. That's something I want to go look at. So I just drive around to the ones that aren't advertised and then I usually get first pick at them. So that's a good strategy. The, the um, treasure map app, rarely had anything in my area as well. So I can relate there. In fact, um, even in the highest point of the season, well, I guess last year there really wasn't a high point to the yard sale season was there, but you could open it up on a Saturday when it was nice outside and it had maybe one dot on it. And it's like no one in my area knew about it. Uh, even Craigslist, um, they never used Craigslist. So that's probably why. I wonder what they're going to do to get that back up and running, right? Rescue and resale, I have a question for you. Might take you a second to think of it because you've sold a lot of stuff. What's the weirdest thing you have ever flipped? Hmm. Uh, That's a tough one. While you're thinking, I'll say hello to Robin Stinnett. Thanks for coming out, Robin. Appreciate you joining us. Also, anybody who has not previously subscribed to 
Profit Monsters on YouTube. I have linked his his uh, YouTube channel in the description below. Please make sure you go there and hit that subscribe button for him before you leave tonight. I would appreciate it for him. Thank you. I think I thumbs up for everybody all the way around. Um, he's a great guy. He's got some excellent flea market videos, and his sales are off the charts with his um, shoe buyouts with his uh, rock band sets. So what's the weirdest thing? Uh, hey, Robin. I wanted to say hey as well. She's a big okay. supporter of my channel and Instagram. So what's up? Um, the weirdest thing. What was the exact question? What's the weirdest thing you've ever Weirdest felt? thing. Huh. Weirdest thing. Anything kind of embarrassing? Something you wouldn't flip again? Nothing. Nothing really sticks out to me like weird i've picked up some some odd stuff before um i just it just depends on what your definition of weird is but um like for me selling naked barbie dolls is kind of weird you know what i mean like i don't pick <laughs> up, i don't pick up monster high and barbie dolls like and list them like take pictures of naked barbie dolls that's just like kind of weird for me so yeah but i've seen a grown man with a uh bunch of bar naked barbie dolls in his yeah eBay room. i mean i've seen people sell vintage barbie dolls with no clothes from the 1950s for thousands of dollars but i don't know what to look for so mm. you know you're not going to see me at a garage sale with a naked barbie doll in my hand you know going like this it's just just really weird so but as far as flipped i'm a little guilty on that one <laughs> i got a 36 inch naked barbie doll over here <laughs> oh my gosh it, it i paid Six bucks for it, and it'll sell for about 50. There you go. Shipping. I mean, if the comps are there, hey. Um, <laughs> no shame, I, right? No shame. No shame. But I'll admit, walking through the store with a 36-inch naked Barbie Barbie doll in my cart, it turned some heads. For sure. Probably some conversations behind my back. <laughs> I mean, if I, had, if I had to pick something, just because it's the only thing that comes to my mind, uh, gosh, I mean, I've sold some weird stuff. I... Uh, I I have I sold one shirt and I would just say the only reason I consider this weird is because it makes me personally uncomfortable mm -hmm. because of like my morals and my my spiritual faith I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um I found this shirt at a Goodwill. I won't go into too much detail, but it was a like um I guess you could call it like a satanic death metal band. Okay. Um and it was vintage. It had the pentagram on it and there was like a naked girl on it or something like that. And usually I'm not one to even second glance over that kind of stuff because it makes me uncomfortable, but it was single stitch. It was a good size and it was dated like 1987 or something like that. Right. And I looked up comps and the shirt was selling for like 200 bucks. So, um, you know, and I've paid $1.99 for it at Goodwill. Now, again, this goes into morals and your beliefs and stuff like that. So I don't want to like, you know make anybody uncomfortable but it made me uncomfortable so i actually um thank you I robin actually, uh so i actually asked a friend who's another ebay seller if he was willing to list it on his ebay store and i'd give him a percentage of the profits just because it didn't even make me comfortable putting it on my ebay store right. since i have viewers and you know friends and family you know um i would have redonated it if he said no like that's just kind of um my personal opinions, again, I don't want to get too depth into it, but like, I just personally 
that stuff just bothers me, you know, mm-hmm. again, you know, I, I totally get you. I'll, I'll save you. I'll save you right there. Um, I get you. I understand you completely. It's more, it's, it's, a you people who know you, who know who you are, will, if they see it, would you feel comfortable them seeing it? Right. Kind of well, like, it's, a, and a it's, not even, it's not even about hiding it. It's just about, I don't want to, um, like give off the persona that I endorse that kind of stuff because, because I mean, you look at it like you look at it this way. This is how I look at it. Okay. Is, you know, you have people that follow you, you have a lifestyle that you live and you represent, you know, and you try to live that up to the highest standards as possible. And if someone sees me on my eBay store with, you know, a satanic shirt with a naked girl on it, they're going to think that I'm, you know, you just get judged for anything and everything these days. You do. So I absolutely um, agree. The public is mean. The yeah. general public is mean and could tear you down and rip you up. Even so, if you have a strong self image, right? It could still damage you inside. And even if you choose not to show that to anybody, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I'm so, with I mean, you. And, and, and your really, mama, your mama applauds you. You know, and I don't, I don't know if you care to get into this conversation at all. I'm, I'm more than willing to have it, but if you don't want to talk about it, I'm totally fine with that. Um, but you know, for me, I actually called my pastor about it and asked him, you know, what his thoughts were, because like, I just am a very, I have a very soft conscience. So like, I want to make sure that as a man of faith, you know, I'm doing what is right in the eyes of God. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's there's two sides to it. I mean, the, and you can look at it from multiple ways, especially if you don't believe in anything or you don't have, you know, any foundation for religion or faith. Um, you know, obviously the Bible specifically talks about not associating your stuff with those types of things to remain pure. Right. But then also the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. So, you know, if you want to get scriptural, like I, I guess you could say I justified the sale based on that scripture that if, you know, if someone who believes in this kind of stuff and it's something I personally disagree with, nothing against them, you know, they can make their own choices, just like I make my own choices to be a Christian. Um, that, you know, I can sell something to somebody who I disagree with in terms of religion, and I can use their money for good by donating the money to the church. You know what I mean? If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, you know. I guess that's the way I justified the sale and it was a hundred, it ended up selling for like 180 bucks. So I was like, all mm-hmm. right, you know, but I'll, I'll end the conversation with that. Cause I know it can be a pretty touchy subject. I'm with you. And I've all, I've said to my friends, I've said to my family, it's how you feel you when you're standing up in front of them um, and have, and having to uh, answer to it, whether you feel comfortable being able to do that. So, well, let's move along. How about that? Let's move along. Um, a couple of people are at, are backing you up. Some people have difference of opinion, but let's let's go ahead and move along. You're right; it's a touchy subject, and um, I personally don't mind having it. Um, but that's that's all good. I wanted to ask you, Drew, and honestly, I think the I know the answer, but I just got to hear it come out of the horse's mouth. Okay, how did you feel? Standing in front of Ryan and Allie making that deal with them. They're a big deal in my eyes, you know? Sure. They got a crowd. They got a following. I would have been completely 
breathless and no words. You know what I'm saying? How did you feel? Sure. So, um, first of all, Allie wasn't there. She was at home. So it was just Ryan okay. and Callie, but it was still an amazing experience. I mean, I, I probably said it more than enough times on my videos. Like I can't thank Ryan enough It's an honor to meet him. He's just a really humble guy. And when you talk to him in person, mm -hmm. he's exactly the same way, uh, on camera that he is off camera. He's not a jerk or, you know, a mean person or, you know, he didn't try to scam me on the shoes. We came to an agreement. I picked them all up, you know, and then being with him was just like, he just welcomed me into the warehouse and was like, you want a tour, you know, you take these shoes how you want. We'll hold them for a month. If you want to take them, you know, a hundred pairs at a time, mm -hmm. you know, or however you want to do it. Ryan was just very, you know, welcoming, very nice guy. And, uh, it was an honor. It was an honor to meet him and a privilege to do business with him. And I think that, you know, he saw, you know, um, how hard of a, how hard of a worker I am that I took the shoes and I, I flipped them. I did my thing. He did his thing. He made his money, you yeah. know, and he was, he was cheering for me, which is what I think is great. He knew I was going to make money on the deal. And that was the whole agreement was like, Hey, I got to make money on this deal. If I'm going to buy 700 pairs of shoes and, yeah. you know, so he got a YouTube video out of it. He bought the shoes for 1600, flipped them to me for three grand, made $1,400 in 24 hours. Not many mm -hmm. people could say they do that. No, that's you know? a good flip. I mean, quick flip. Yeah. That's so, really you know, flip. Ryan's not going to take the time to list them or do the work to do wholesale boxes for that when he already has wholesales that he's working on. So, you know, it was just a great deal for both of us and he was really happy to do it. And then, you know, um, he just cheers me on every time he sees, you know, me making a sale or something like that. So, that's you excellent. know, very, very cool guy. Um, I can't judge, but I can't tell from the videos um, like a timeline. So I'm curious exactly about how much time did it, I said exactly about like totally oxymoron myself there about how long did it take you from when you picked them up from Ryan to when you got rid of the majority of them off of your website? Cause you set up that website to get rid of like boxes at a time for like 250 bucks. I, I think if I remember correctly, Yeah, that's, that's about right. That they were a little bit different based on what was in each box, but um, I mean, so from the days. time you picked them up to the time you started getting rid of them all on that website, how long, how much time lapsed there? Less than 72 hours. Nice. See, it's, it's quick flip for you too. And you put in the, I mean, lots of extra lot effort, of work. but it was a lot of work, but it was well worth it. And it was a good experience for me. Cause I've never done anything like that in my reselling business. I've never, mm -hmm. that was for me, $3,000 at the time was still is the most money I've spent on one wholesale purchase for me, you yeah. know, I'm not one to buy just to go out. You know, I'm not Mr. Buys a lot. I don't just spend $20,000 <laughs> and have a truck deliver 18 pallets of stuff to my door. I don't have the space for that. So, you know, doing this deal with Ryan was a big step for me. And originally we thought it was about 450 shoes and then it was about 700. Yeah. So, you know, um, that was a big deal. And so I just thought, you know, when Ryan put in his video, he said, would you be interested in wholesaling these to some of our subscribers? I said, sure, you know, I'll put it in my video and then you can send me a DM on Instagram. And the easiest way for me to do it, because I got so many DMs on Instagram was yeah. I said, I'm going to build a website. I bought a Shopify store. I stayed up. I stayed up till like four o'clock in the morning, one night building the website from 9 p.m. to 4, 4 a.m., you know, and just 
built the website as basic and as easy as possible. Wholesale box A through, I don't know what it was, M or N or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then one day at 12 p.m., I posted multiple times about it on my Instagram and my YouTube videos when the website would go live. And within the first 25 minutes, I sold 75% of the boxes that I had listed. So it was a really good experience for me and learning how to do it. Would I yep. do it again by myself? Probably not because I exhausted myself doing it, uh, but I made a lot of money. I mean, I'm still selling those shoes, you know, the shoes I kept probably over a hundred pairs to list on my own and they're all listed at this point, but yeah, um, I probably kept about 150 pairs and, and listed most of them. And I, you know, I've, I've made probably over $2,500 already just selling the shoes that I kept myself. Yeah. Um, the, if you, if it was half, it was almost 700 pair for $3,000. So let's say it was three fifty for $1,500. Is that kind of you in for you and you've experienced that large, would you go there? Is that something you could manage? You think you do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. And so that kind of leads me to the question of what are your typical margins? Um, do you have a, like a standard set margin when you're picking up at Goodwill or you're picking up at the flea market, do you go in? Cause I know you talk about buy cost a lot with the shoes you get at the flea market. If I remember correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you'll like take everything you paid for, let's say the 40 pairs of shoes you just bought and divide it by 40 to get your buy cost per pair. Right? So do you have a margin you're shooting for 25%, 75%? It depends on the type of item for shoes specifically. I try not to spend, I try not to spend less than $10 or more than $10 per pair, you know, as an average buy cost. And then right now, excuse me, I, I don't like selling shoes for less than 30 or $35 okay. at least. Like I won't pay $10 for a pair of shoes to sell for 25. I got you. Shoes, yeah, no. shoes in my area are very expensive at thrift stores, which okay. is why I like finding them from the flea market because I can usually get shoes for five to eight dollars average mm -hmm. um and sometimes i'll pay up for them depending on what they are so you know but it all comes down to an average of about i say eight bucks at the flea market some ten some five you know mm -hmm. um but it really depends i mean like i bought a guitar hero guitar at the flea market for five dollars and i sold it on mercari for 103 so yeah. you know it just if i'm buying a bulk guitar hero guitars you know that takes more time for me to test them versus shoes, I have to clean them, you know, versus video games, you just take a picture of the front and the back and you list it. Shoes, you got to take pictures of all angles. You yeah. got to, you know, make sure they're clean, clean them with a magic eraser. So I don't put that in like my time as a margin, but that's kind of how I determine um, uh, like if it's worth my time to buy them. Like I, I really... Absolutely. really don't like selling shoes for less than 40 bucks to be quite honest. But if I know yeah. it's going to be a fast flip, um, you know, like I can find a pair of Allbirds for $10 and they'll sell for 40 or 50 really quick. Yeah. You know, I'll admit, I really don't like cleaning shoes. How do you feel about that? I don't mind it at all if I know the profits there, but again, I'm yeah. not going to buy a pair of Asics for $5. That's going to sell for $25 that I have to scrub with soap and water and a magic eraser on the bottoms. That's yeah. not worth it to me. Like all the shoes that I kept from Rally Roots, I didn't have to clean any of them. Would you be willing to do me a favor? If I PayPal'd you money plus shipping, would you pick me up a pair of those shoe horns you get from Ikea? 
I'll send you a pair, man. I got I got plenty of them here at the. I, I always buy extras when I'm at IKEA, so I'll send you a pair, no problem. Yeah, we'll work that out. No, well, I won't do it for free. Let's just say it that way. But I see you put them in your pictures. Yep. Everything you say is true. They look much better than my pictures. I started stuffing them with because I didn't have a shoe tree. I started stuffing them with um the brown um packing paper, you know, yeah. that you would put in a box with electronics. Yeah, it, it just it doesn't do quite as good as those shoe trees do. So 100%, they make them look so much better. I got a drill brush. Um, do you use something like that? I, I typically, if so at this point in my business, I really only buy shoes if they need to be cleaned with a magic eraser. Okay. I don't, unless they're like white, white mm -hmm. shoes, like Nike free run fly knits mm -hmm. or, you know, Hoka's or, um, van you go through a lot of uh, magic erasers, you know, uh, the rubber will eat that thing up. Yeah. So, but uh, right now what's up Jermaine and Tremaine what's up guys. So, but yeah, I won't, um, I'm at the point in my business now where like, I'm not going to buy shoes that have big stains on the tops or anything like that, that need to be clean unless the margin is really there. Mm -hmm. Like there are certain shoes that I will pay up for, you know, Hirachis sell very fast for me around 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll pay up for, or I'll pay for dirty Hirachis because I've made a YouTube video about how to clean dirty Hirachis. It's actually one of my best performing videos, um, but it's not like viral or anything, but right, right. Um, so, cool. you know, I'll pay up for certain things that I know can clean Hoka's. I'll buy Hoka's even if they're dirty, because I know they'll still sell. Like you don't even have to clean Hoka's and they'll still sell. I, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I saw you pick up a pair of Hoka's that I think had like no soul whatsoever. And you still flipped them for what? 40 something dollars, I think. And I'm like, I, I have, I will be holding a pair of Hoka's in my hand and all they want are five or $6. And I'm like, no one's gonna buy these and then i literally made that 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 in my head they had that conversation in my head i, I go back that night and i watch a, a profit monsters video and he says pick up pokers no matter what guys if the price is right because they'll flip for great no matter even though the bottom is gone and i was like i guess i'll make a trip back tomorrow and see if they're there <laughs> and they it, weren't. It, it never ceases to amaze me what i mean there was a pair of hokas that i got at the bins. And it was just after the flea market one day, it's on my way home. I said, let me stop at the bins real quick and just yeah. see if there's anything. The shoes had already been picked through like really bad. And there's this pair of Hoka Clifton sixes. They're black with the white lowers mm -hmm. and they looked mint. Like I'm talking immaculate on the top. And then you flip them over and it looks like a dog chewed the bottom of those shoes. Yeah. And I said for $2 at the bins, cause Hoka's weigh nothing. You know what I mean? Like a pound yeah. for both shoes. I was like, for a dollar or two, I'll buy them and list them for 30 bucks because I know they'll still sell. I listed those suckers for $59.99 plus shipping, and they sold full price within 24 hours. I couldn't. You didn't get them back, did you? Because nope. the buyer had positive, buyer's remorse or anything? Positive feedback left and everything. That's amazing. I really need to start doing that more often just to see if it'll work, to be honest with you. Because um, I know they sell well. Hey, I'm wearing hokas on my feet right now. Um, they have to be good if they sell so well, right? So I bought a pair that from my new tennis shoes. And short story, I bought them in September, and mm -hmm. they actually have more wear on them than the shoes I owned for a year and a half. So in my opinion, they feel great. But in 
I, this is one pair of shoes, okay? My experience is just one pair of shoes, so don't throw me at the fire, you know? But they're, they don't hold up well, in my opinion. The bottoms are slick. They're, they're flat, and I've only owned them since September. There's um whole – I do not – you know how people will slip their shoes on without unlacing them? I don't do that. I've never done that because I know that'll wear holes in the back of the heels. Yep. Well, I've never done that, and there's already holes starting to wear on the side of the heels. So I may – I mean, to, I paid the full price, brand new, 95 bucks, and they're not holding up. So it's one of those things where I'm like – I think if I try them again, I'm going to buy a used pair off of eBay that look immaculate and just get a really good deal on them. But I just, I don't know. They just don't hold up to me. And have you ever worn Hoka's yourself? Yes. Yeah. So actually funny story. I'll tell you real quick. This just, this was recently like within the last two weeks I bought a pair. Yeah. Yeah. Hoka's do wear extremely fast. I think that there's a couple reasons. The first one is because, Hoka is kind of like Sketcher Shape Ups 2.0. Like they're designed to be like really comfort, you know, soft, lightweight, feels like you're walking on clouds. Yeah. Uh, but they're 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 very like um they wear easily because of the material they're made out of, which is why you see them at thrift stores quite often because people go through them. The people who use them are running track, they're, you know, walking around their neighborhoods you know, and they wear, and then they go buy a brand new pair for $130. They just, yeah. they have, they have a Hoka has a cult following and it's, uh, yeah. I want to say, Hey to Christopher, thanks for showing up, buddy. Dragon value homes. I'm waiting for your next live, man. I can't wait. It's going to be good. I know it will. So, so yeah, I mean, it's the truth. The Clifton's are awesome. I was actually just looking at some yesterday, the Clifton sevens, mm -hmm. they're like 130 bucks at the store. And I'm like, Man, I just can't do it. So what happened was, is I found a pair of Clifton fours at uh, the flea market, paid like 10 bucks for them, listed them for, I don't know, $49.99, something like that, plus shipping, sold on eBay. They got returned because on the bottom, the, the lowers of the Clifton's, I don't have like a pair of shoes in here to, to compare it to, but well, I do right here. So like on the Hoka's right here, like this, this middle thing, uh -huh. it's like, it started peeling. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. it's like the little, I know what you mean. It started peeling and I put it in the description and the guy put in a return request saying that it was peeling worse than it the was described. Of course, there's not much I can do with eBay. It's such a subjective thing. To be honest with you, you take good pictures, you tell them, Hey, it's peeling. How are they? Okay. You and I are on the same side. How can they say it was worse than described? You just simply put it's peeling. See picture. Right. So, right. So my guess is one of a couple things. The first one is the buyer was really picky because they, you know, uh, they're just a picky person. The second one is they didn't fit and they just use that as an excuse to return them right. because most of the time buy sellers will not accept a return for not fitting, even though I do, because I have free 30 day returns. I'm slowly changing over, but, yeah. uh, and then the other reason is, you know, they have buyer's remorse. Like they wanted Hoka's to try them out and they're not as good as they thought or something stupid like that. So people right. will do whatever they can to get a return. Anyway, I accepted the return. They came back to me. They were my size. So I said, you know what? There's nothing wrong with these shoes. I'm going to wear them. Mm -hmm. So I wore them for like two months and then I put them back up for sale and I just sold them on Poshmark for 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I plan to do know. that with these. Honestly, it's just simply based on on hearing your stories and other Hoka stories, even though I feel like these shoes have worn their last leg, literally, I think they'll still sell on eBay for something. And um, maybe I'll get 40, 45, 50 bucks for them and then you buy will. me a new pair. Now, I don't. Okay. So I, the reason why I tried it was because I found a pair of Hoka's my size at Goodwill at great shape. Like, I have no idea why a runner or anybody would have tossed these into Goodwill. Immaculate shape. Wow. My size. I put them on. They made my feet feel like I was walking on rocks. And that's when I started looking at the whole, these are running shoes, literally made for runners, not just regular Nikes you go buy at the sporting goods store, right? So I learned that the way I walk, these shoes weren't built for that. And I had to go, I went and talked to a, a an actual... I don't even know what you call it, a running store person who took videos of my gait and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sized me up uh, for a pair of Hoka's. Anyway, she put me in a pair that feels like I'm walking on clouds. Let's just, that's the end of my story. So Hoka's are not made alike. Yeah, and, well, the, the different models are made for different things, like the Clifton's, the Bondi, the Arahi, yeah. or whatever. I don't know how you pronounce it. I but, got the yeah. Arahi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Arachi. Arachi. Threes. Arachi. Um, anyway, yeah, anyway. They're, they're all, like you said, they're not created equal. They're different. They're meant for different things. So, uh, and I didn't know that. See, I always bought Brooks Brooks just because I like the way they feel. Uh, they always yeah. worked, but Sola sellers up in here. Thanks for joining us tonight. Sola seller. Um, so <laughs> well, what's those, up? L, those L fudge cookies. I was eating them in one of, I think Joey's live listings, the L fudge, uh, Keebler double stuffed cookies. Like, man, those are my, those are my, uh, my kryptonite there. They're so good. They are good. And, uh, you got some extras. So, I, I do. Oh, Christopher said that he had it tonight and I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I missed it. I didn't realize it was tonight, man. I'll watch the replay. I promise. All right, Drew, it's going on the 10 30 hour. I have had so much fun talking with you, getting to know, uh, learn from you, see how your brain works, get some really good tips from you. I hope that uh, to bring you back on the show again in the future. Um, first off, I just wanted to ask, is there anything you wanted to leave our viewers with a uh, word of advice or anything like that? Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Adam, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I appreciate everybody that's hung out in the chat, you know, and listen to me talk. I'm sure that there's people that are more knowledgeable in certain areas and, you know, better at reselling than me. Apparently, Joey knows eBay <laughs> solds better than me. So, you know, it just no, goes see, to show Joey that. just jo you take risks and that way you learn more. That's what I take from that. Well, that's that's a good way to put it. So, um, you know, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, the reselling community really helps me stay grounded in what I do because I don't have a lot of friends or family that really other than my mom. So mm -hmm. shout out to my mom in the, in the chat, if she's still here, uh, Thanks, mom, that really Flipper. like that really care about what I do. So, you know, it's nice to have other people that I can, you know, talk to and, and engage with. I love engaging with other resellers and, and talking, you know, um, and just like, like you said, meeting you more than just like seeing your posts on Instagram or seeing a YouTube video, uh, it's just nice to like, just to chat. Like I could sit here all night and talk with you. I'm, I'm down for that. I mean, I'm going to get some listings done eventually tonight. But, yeah. 
you that, know. That's the hard part. Now there's got to be listings to be done. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Excellent. but thank you to everybody hanging out and, uh, you know, just keep on listening, keep on hustling, you know, um, and, uh, I think that's yep. it. I just, I'm just humbled and, and honored that people, you know, want to interview me. Like, it's just really cool that people want me to be on their, their YouTube channels and their live streams, because I feel like sometimes I can be kind of controversial with the things that, that I say. So it's good though. It makes for good conversation. I do appreciate everybody hanging out in the chat. We had some really good conversation. We had some good questions from the chat tonight for you, Drew. I do appreciate that. And uh, even to those, uh, we got people who are just listening while they were listing. And that would be my advice. My advice, honestly, is list, list, list. That eBay algorithm, you'll hear it over and over and over again. And if you happen to be a new reseller listening to this show, list, list, list. That's the best way to get started and make some money off of eBay. Just keep listing. Just keep listing. Okay, sorry. I'm not going to sing for you. But that's, that's anyway. That's the truth, man. It really is. I mean, anyway, that's another – I don't want to keep talking because then it's an, it opens up another conversation. I mean, <laughs> unless does. you want to chat. We'll do, I mean, I'm we'll good do that it, next but... time, man. We'll right. do that next time. Okay, everybody. Thanks so much. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Give us some thumbs up. I really appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great night. Thanks again. Bye-bye. See you guys.